Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st Century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Time to welcome in Bob Casper from Real Golf Radio. He and Bob, or Bob and Brian are on uh, Saturday mornings for three hours here talking golf. And Bob came on with us last week, and Thursday morning he drafted Colin Marikawa. You ready to take a victory lap right now on the T-Mobile special guest line, Bob? T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to bring the best wireless company around to your backyard. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Bob, ready for the victory lap? Yes. Thank you, Bob. Good to have you on here. You're welcome. (laughs) There he is. There you are. I hear you. Yeah, how about that? Colin Morikawa, California kid, went to went to Cal Berkeley, played that golf course probably a million times, and he ends up winning the golf tournament. I heard him talk. I heard. I heard him talk about the local knowledge. He tried to downplay that. Ah, oh, yeah. played a little bit. <laughs> no, he's he. Those guys have played that golf course quite a bit. You know, the guys that that play for Cal, and he's a guy that came right out of college and. And won on the PGA Tour, then won another tournament earlier, um, right after the COVID, and lost in a playoff in one, and then turns around and um, wins this week at the PGA Championship. He's a phenomenal ball striker. Um, he plays his game. He understands his game, and he puts extremely well. He's got a great short game. Doesn't have a lot of flaws, and uh, and he was able to win this week. So the way I look at it, Bob, is there's two of us on this show right now who have literally the outstanding reigning master or uh, major winner. I picked Tiger in 2019. He's still the reigning master's winner. And you just Uh picked Morikawa. So there's one of us who is left standing at the altar, but there's two other of us who are holding trophies, me and you, Bob. You notice how he kind of he kind of uh, jumped in there on on my on my coat sleeves and, and you know is just trying to just trying to feel like yeah I belong in there too with with Bob Casper the winner of the PGA Championship draft. <laughs> yes, you are, and I am the reigning Masters guy, and you are the reigning PGA guy. You cannot argue yeah. with that, despite your personal dislike for me. No, I don't have personal dislike for you. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Yes, you are the reigning Masters, but that's because there wasn't a Masters played in the springtime. <laughs> well, you can't pick a winner of a tournament that wasn't played. I mean, you got to give them that. <laughs> Dang yeah, it, PK! Correctly. Pick a winner, even if they don't play, and be right. <laughs> You no, two yeah, know way more about golf than I do. I'm not really. I don't really feel that uh, that uh, beaten up by this. I knew. I yeah. knew that before we made the picks. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. You kind of gave me a hard time about picking. Mark I was Collins stunned. I was. Round. I was stunned watching that. Yeah, because you could have picked him in the third. There was no way that PK and I were picking Colin Morikawa in the second round. You don't know that. I do too. <laughs> I do too, PK. Well, you didn't because you. I well, I definitely wasn't, but you weren't yeah. either. Come on. Oh, the guy. Well, well no, I think. Is, go ahead, Bob. did I pick Morikawa, and he finished first, but I also picked Tony Finau for my third pick, and he finished tied for fourth. Yeah, but you were just sucking up and got lucky on that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> 
Come on. Everybody likes Tony. He's the most likable guy this side of, of Ty Detmer. He's totally likable. Yes. But you know what? Tony played his weekend. He shot um, on the weekend. He shot seven under par. And, and, uh, and he played a great weekend. Um, you know, not much you can do uh, except make a few more putts in the final round. Or in or in the the third round to get yourself in, in a little bit closer to position to to have an opportunity to win. But you know, ten under par in a major championship, another top ten, actually another top five. Um, he now has what thirty one or thirty two top tens in golf tournaments, and uh, I think seven seven top seven top tens in in majors. So um, Tony's Tony's playing some great golf, and it's just a matter of time before he breaks through. Yeah, I mean, we all want to see Tony win, and so you went with him. One of us would probably would have gone with him. He's the local hero in that sense, so we all want to see him do well. But I thought your pick of Morikawa was strategic because, and it leads me to my question that I want to ask you okay. about this, as far as how important is it to be playing well and be, in a sense, hot going into these things, meaning that you're not just going to pick some random dude, not that they're random, but somebody who hasn't won in a while. Like, none of us picked Jordan Spieth, right? Well, that would have been unheard of a few years ago, but he hasn't won in a while. So, in terms of how important it is to be hot and having some momentum going into these things. Well, you know, um, Morikawa, like I said, he won after pandemic, uh, lost in the playoff after pandemic. Dustin Johnson, who finished second, he won. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, he won coming off, um, coming coming off the pandemic. So you know, um, a lot of guys, a lot of guys are right there, um, but uh, but these guys had some um, some really good um, success as of late in the last five or six weeks, and and that does bode well. Um, it helps you with your confidence. It helps you uh, in situations to be able to hit, you know, great shots and uh, and be able to um, to win a, a championship. But uh, I'll tell you what, that that drive on the 16th hole that Morikawa hit on that reachable par four that that got up to about five or six feet, and then the putt he hit to make it was was phenomenal. And then it's a matter of you got a two shot lead. Now it's a matter of hitting the middle of the green, which he did on on the 17th hole, and hitting a great drive on the on the 18th hole, which gave him an opportunity to uh, just finish it out. So, um, yeah, the success that you've had recently absolutely bodes well for you going in. But you know, there's been a lot of guys that have won this championship um, that have you know that have not really played well going into it, but have but have gone on to win. But Colin Morikawa in his 29th start on the PGA Tour, he's only missed one cut, now has three wins in a major championship. This this kid's a really, really good player. So there have been other young, really good players, but for a long time, PGA Tour logic said you got to take your lumps before you win, kind of the old NBA playoff thing. You know, you got to take right. your lumps before you win, but, you know, late 20s, early 30s, you're ready to break through. Well, now we've had Rory McIlroy, who won young. We've had Brooks Kepka who won young. Jordan Spieth won young. So yeah. how come these young guys, 25 and younger, are winning? Well, I think it's just because they have such an opportunity now to um, – to get to get better, faster, 
Uh, you know, not only it used to be that you just had junior golf programs in the states and stuff like that. Now you have national junior golf programs. Um, the AJGA. Um, also, you've got uh, these kids going into college and playing for some really good teams that they get used to what it takes. Um, they're they're it's 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 an all they're all around programs in college now with with lifting and getting stronger and playing all over the country, um, being able to um, compete against the best players. And when they come out of college, uh, they're ready to compete and to win. And even if they only, even if they go um, like Scotty Schiffler to the, um, to the corn Ferry tour, he, he leads the corn Ferry tour last year, comes out on the PGA tour and, and in his first major also just like Colin Morikawa he contends to have an opportunity to win the PGA championship. And so these guys, these guys are, are trained well. Um, they develop well and uh, they come out of college um, knowing that they have an opportunity to win on the PGA tour and feeling like they have an opportunity to win on the PGA tour. And it doesn't take long for them to do it. The, the special really good ones. So is more your player of the year. Then he certainly is the front runner. Um, I would think he is right now. Um, with the shortened season that we have, I would think he is right now, unless somebody goes through and wins. Um, so we've got a, we've got an event in Greensboro this week, um, and then and then we start the playoffs. It's pretty crazy how this things things gone so so quickly. But um, if, if you get a if you get a guy that wins a couple of the playoff events or one of the playoff events in the and the tour championship, then they they could possibly um, be. Uh, you know, the player of the year. So it, it just depends. But right now he's got two wins on the year with, with a major championship. Yeah, I would think he'd be the player of the year right now. Okay, so for a long time, the year started and ended with the calendar year, but then they changed that. But I'm, I think we're all still used to playoff, tour championship. Okay, now the new season kicks off, even though we're still three or four months away from the new year. So, but the way they've redone it with the Masters in November, when are they really going to decide the Player of the Year? What's the timeline? Well, it, it, the the Player of the Year will be after after the Tour Championship, okay? Because that's basically the culmination of the year. Um, but let's let's not forget that the PGA Tour goes goes year round now. Mm-hmm. So, a couple of, a couple of weeks after uh, the Tour Championship, you know, well, we've got the the U.S. Open, mm-hmm. um, and then. And then the PGA Tour starts up again with the Safeway Championship in in California, and um, they start playing for the 2021 season a couple of weeks after, um, and and uh, um, the Masters is one of the events that that kind of snuck in there uh, in November, and uh, and then basically the only time off they have is is a couple of weeks, two or three weeks in December, and then they start right back up again first part of January. So. Golf is pretty much year-round. Um, you know, any of the weeks that are off, guys can take off and go to Australia or some of the other places um, that have tournaments at that time. Some of their major championships down there in the Australian on the Australian tour, um, we've seen guys go down and play there quite a bit. So, um, you know, golf's a year-round thing. As far as as far as Player of the Year, it will happen after the the Tour Championship. 
Bob Casper joining us here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Uh, you know, you were talking about Tony and, you know, make a few more putts. It seems like those come in different groups. And when you're trying to make bogey putts to save double bogey, that's one thing. And we can talk about the pressure. But, uh, you know, Phil Mickelson famously said, if I put myself in contention often enough, eventually yep. it's going to break my way. I don't think I put the... Uh, the when the, when the guys have the meltdowns on the final day and they shoot seventy five or whatever or, or worse, mm-hmm. I don't really put that in that group. I think when I hear Phil saying that mentally, what I put in the group is the way Tony and the six other guys who were tied for the lead at ten under at one point. There were seven guys, I guess, and Morikawa was yeah. one of them. Those yep. six guys, I think, can grab on, and Tony's one of them can grab on to what Phil said and hold on to it. Is that the right way to, to think of that and break that down, or no? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Um, it, it's not only in this one particular tournament, but like Phil said, if I put myself in position enough times, um, I'm going to be able to do it. Uh, I'll be able to capitalize on it. Um, it's yeah, it's 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 you know, Tony's what thirty. Um, 31 years old, somewhere around in there. And, and he's, it, it took him a while to get on tour. He cut his teeth playing mini tours and, and, uh, playing up in Canada and then, you know, winning a, an event on the corn Ferry tour. And then he wins an event on the PGA tour and, and he's put himself in position, especially in majors. He's, he's clutching. He's pretty clutch in majors. Um, he likes big golf courses, tough golf courses, um, and feels that he can compete that. Now he's, he's played a Ryder Cup now. Um, he's played a President's Cup. He continues to do the things that, that are going to benefit him, and, and he's done this all the way along. You know, he, he turns professional right out of high school. It takes him seven or eight years to get onto the PGA Tour. He, he's done this. It's, it's been a process for him the whole way along. He's worked hard for it, and he's continued to work hard for it. And he's and it's showing in in the way he plays and how he competes and how he gets himself in the mix uh, in events that he plays in um, and and success breeds success and he's going to continue to have success and at some point he will he will get he will get that next PGA Tour win his second PGA Tour win if that's a regular tour event or a major it's going to happen and uh, yeah I you know I I am I'm, I'm uh, very confident uh, that Tony Tony Finau is going to going to get over the over the hump. Well, Bob, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Nice pick. Congrats on the W. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And now we hey, all hey, hey PK, yeah. nice pick. Eighteen months ago. Congrats on the W there too with Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was, a sh- that was a shot, but I'm not I'm not going to acknowledge it. Man. <laughs> I think he took a shot at both of us <laughs> at the same time. You had time. three chances to pick Tiger, and you didn't. Don't think I've ever forgotten that. The greatest player in the world. You said Bob Casper, son of a legend. I'm he's not good enough. Well, me, man, I'm a son of you know nobody, and I knew he was going to win. Uh, all right, guys, take care. All right, Bob. We all learned one thing this week. Hold the Wanamaker Trophy straight up. Don't tip it even a little bit. Did you know that lid came off? I had no idea. 
Uh, I saw it come off. Yeah, now. Now I know. I had no idea before that. All right, DJ PK. Steve Cleveland will be here at 9 o'clock. More on college football. Waiting to hear what the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to decide. Apparently, they're going to lead on this. So stay with us. We'll get to that coming up. 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Jazz are back in action today. They play the Dallas Mavericks 1 o'clock on NBA TV. Our coverage on The Zone begins at noon with the pregame show. You can listen to it here with David Locke on the call. And, of course, uh, Craig Bowlerjack, Big T Thurl Bailey, Matt Harpin will also have it on AT&T Sportsnet as well. Going to be some stars not playing in this one. Luka Doncic, Kristaps Sporzingis, Dorian Finney-Smith all played over the weekend, played over more than 40 minutes or more in a overtime game. They are all going to sit this one out. And Donovan Mitchell, a left peroneal strain, is questionable for today's game as well. This back-to-basketball update is brought to you by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. So I'm trying to get my phone to not call me Hans. All right, try it again. Don't call me Hans. Okay, what should I call you? Hans. You'd like me to call you Hats. Is that right? <laughs> no. Hans. You'd like me to call you Pants. <laughs> the dumbest thing. Like Lance or Dance. What is my name, Google? Your name is Hans. God, stupid, dumb thing. Could you call me Hans, Ned? You'd like me to call you Handsome. Is that right? Well, it's better than Hans, yeah. Catch Hans and Scotty every day presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK is brought to you in part by Zero Res, a clean home is a healthy home, and right now Zero Res is cleaning carpets for $33 per room. Mention DJ and PK when you call and get a fourth room clean for free. Call Zero Res today to schedule your cleaning, 801-288-9376. So, Yach, you were probably sound asleep because you get up uh, so early to come in. But last night on Talking Sports, PK and I, we, you know, we had to talk about the PGA Championship. We had to talk about the Jazz and the, the Mavericks sitting guys and the Jazz playing the double overtime thing. And obviously we had to talk with all the college football news that you saw all day long about uh, how college football is it, it probably shutting down here. Uh, but we'll have to see what the Big, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 do. And so I say something to PK, and do you know what the first word he did was? A few ideas. Nancy Kerrigan. Why? Okay. That was a little disconcerting, PK. Why? (laughs) Well, it was disconcerting because you nailed it so well. Your Nancy Kerrigan impression is very strong. Well, I'm going to club you in the knee, and my uh, Tanya Harding impression is going to be even better. (laughs) Bada-bing. (laughs) Hey-oh. Well, you've had almost 30 years to work on that now, so I guess you ought to... Is that how long it's been? Wow. I know, right? It was... uh, I don't remember. It was uh, 92 or 94 because they switched the Winter Olympic schedule. And I don't remember which one of those it was, but it was one of those games. So it's not 30 years yet, but it's getting there. I, Tanya was one of the most depressing movies I've ever seen. <laughs> did you sit through the whole thing or did you leave? I wanted to leave, but we went with some friends who sort of talked us into it. 
Do your wife think it was depressing too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I never saw it. It was awful. Yeah. Because there was no happy ending. And Hollywood's famous for the happy endings. It was endings. brutal. It was negative. It was a downer. I mean, it's just awful. Did you, ever awful. S- did you ever see the movie The Player? <laughs> I've lived it. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's an autobiography, brother. Oh, the Player, if you think Hollywood <laughs> is dirty, watch The Player. Because it's a movie made by Hollywood about how dirty Hollywood is. And one thing they emphasize is how everything's got to have a happy ending. So the movie is about how a movie gets made and why. And it was pretty smart, and it was pretty funny, and Hollywood takes some real shots at Hollywood. And they make the movie, and at the end, they bring in Bruce Willis. Who There's a lot of cameos in it, and at the end of the movie, Bruce Willis breaks into, uh, I guess it would have been San Quentin, I don't know, but it breaks into the... The chamber where they, uh, you know, carry out the death penalty and carries the heroin to safety, coughing. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was a hilarious send-up of Hollywood and happy endings. But I don't see how there could be a happy ending for that movie. What, I, Tanya? Yeah, I, Tanya. They just have to send no, you out. It sucked, yeah, man. just send you out all sad and depressed. Like, okay, yeah. well, thanks for that. Yeah, it was brutal. Jeez. And the language was so vile. Oh, my gosh. It was so nasty. Turns out uh, Tanya swore a lot, huh? Huh, who knew? Well, her mother and everybody else. Oh, brother. Mm. What a downer. Speaking of downers, college football. Where's it going? The MAC uh, pushed their season back until at least the spring. Uh, now we're waiting on the Power Five conferences to see what they're going to do. Um, we got a lot of posts here. People weighing in on this. Tony's analysis of uh, college football not happening in the fall. 2020 sucks. Does. Um, Aaron says, terrible. Let the boys play with precautions. Steve says, you're messing with a lot of kids' futures for a virus with a 0.03% mortality rate. Aaron says, it's stupid. Okay. Especially those athletes who are pushing it as well. Pushing what? What do you mean pushing it? What's well, the Pac-12 athletes coming together and saying, here's all our health and safety concerns, and then here's our financial concerns, and then the Mountain West students said, here's our health concerns. Uh, I don't know what's going on in all the other leagues, but those are the two leagues we well, follow more closely. health concerns are legitimate, and the other stuff, they think they got a little power. A little leverage. But, but the fact is, they are, the, the, the how do I say it, uh, in the moment they do, but that moment's going to pass. The game's going to go on with or without you. And so if you, I really don't know how much power they have. Just sit tight, and this, this too will pass. And I don't think they have a lot of power. But the safety issues are obviously very, very important. There's no question about that. The other stuff, yeah, good luck. Get, get whatever you can. Probably not going to get anything, but give it a shot. Rob says, I've been thinking this was going to be the case for some time now, so it's not new news to me. Moving to an all-conference schedule was just kicking that inevitable can down the road. There were some of those comments, always, always uh, unnamed anonymous sources, who said it's a kick into the can down the road, which might be confirmed here in the next few days. It doesn't make any sense to me. Last week you were giving us a conference-only schedule, and we were all excited about it. Now this week, what has changed? Nothing has changed. A week's gone by. 
We're in the same situation we were a week ago. Why go through all that stuff? Why they, do that? Because they hoped it was changed because the options in front of them are so awful. Yeah, but nothing has changed in that week, though. So why make a decision now? I think there's going to be college football. To one, they're not going to be widespread college football, but I think there's going to be some of it. So a couple leagues hold on and go ahead and play? Or do you think some leagues yeah. just fit in four games where they can? I, I think some leagues are going to try to play. If you ask me which one and you gave me two options there, I would go with the first one that some leagues are going to try to play. And they're going to try to manage it as best they can. And then if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I think they're going to try it. I mean, we've seen it. Baseball here, the Cardinals, you know, they played a handful of games. And as Five. you already said, yeah. others have played. But, but there's still games going on. And people are into it. And you know, golf has done a really good job. And the bubble stuff with the other stuff, we know that's, I, that's, that's continued. I think if there's something we're not talking about, and I mean this in the big societal issue as well as just us on this show right now. I just think that from everything we've heard, you know, in their outbreaks and what people have been doing that have led to an outbreak, it just seems really clear to me that outdoors is way safer than indoors. And we're talking about football because it's the most popular sport, but it's outdoors. And I get that the linemen are in closer proximity and, you know, in the NFL, they're breaking down by position, the guys who opted out and it was way more linemen. And they're probably way more at risk than a safety who's, you know, off the line of scrimmage. I just don't know that the playing the sport has that much to do with playing the sport. But if it does, because there's all the other stuff, right? Locker rooms, meeting rooms, transportation, you know, airplanes, buses to games and all that. And I think all of that stuff carries some risk with it. But I just think the outdoor sports are way safer than the indoor sports. When you hear about these transmission cases, whether it's... uh, a club, a bar, a restaurant, a party, people sharing housing. Um, that seems to be where most of this stuff is. And so if you're on a college campus talking about this, it seems to me that basketball is an indoor sport. For the schools that wrestle, and not everyone does, obviously, but for the schools that wrestle, where are you in closer proximity than that? You know, football, baseball, golf outdoors and especially with the baseball and golf it really is all about the transportation when you're actually competing you're just not that close to each other on a golf course but i don't think that's getting discussed at all and maybe it's because of all the the transportation and the meals and that that that's where the real risk is as much as the games or the practices okay but can they manage that you know it seems like they could I mean, you'd have to think way outside the box, right? But, like, if the locker room is the problem and you've got an indoor practice facility like the U, I mean, do you just put out however 85 guys, well, plus walk-ons, uh, you know, and you just put their stuff on the ground, spread out on the yard lines every five or ten yards across the field and pull the doors down and say, guys, you're changing in here. <laughs> We're not going in that locker room. That's just a bad idea. You just don't need to be standing next to each other. And you stand in here and you change. And when you come in here, you, you, got a, you got a bag and the shirt and shorts you're going to wear home. And you change out. And then after you're gone, we scoop it all up and we wash everything. I mean, it's, there's a million details to go through. And we've heard ADs and coaches talk about that. You were the one, and you've said this multiple times, which makes me think somebody said it to you. Because usually that's how it works. And you said, if they don't play football, know that they did 
everything they could because not playing is going to have a terrible impact on other teams could get eliminated uh, and jobs that kind of the administration and support and technical staff. Uh, there's a lot of those people, even even in smaller athletic departments. There's a lot of those people. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a I mean, Southern if Southern if you told me Southern Utah had 50 people in their athletic director, higher or lower, I, I would definitely take the over. I might take over 100. I don't know. That might be about the number. But 100 people is a lot. And if you get into a Pac-12 athletic department, they got more money. They got way more people, right? Yeah. So these guys, I mean, <laughs> in some cases, women, there's a few female athletic directors. They do yeah. not want to lay people off. That is oh. a horrible part of the job. So do you think, with everything we're hearing, that they've done everything they can because you told us a couple months ago if it doesn't happen they will have done everything they could because nobody wants what's going to come with the budget shortfall if they don't play uh, well i think that uh, go back we've had dr david petron on a couple of times mm-hmm. and he was talking about you know the things we say today we need to make changes maybe next week whatever it might be because nobody knows for sure so yes they're doing everything they can but you may not have the knowledge to do something right now that in a month from now you have the knowledge to do. So it's not a comprehensive, well, we're going to do everything we can, and that literally is everything because stuff comes up that you don't even know about, and they have to make adjustments. And I think that's part of the deal. So it's 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 a uh, sort of a a temporary doing everything we can. It's not really the true definition of doing everything we can because stuff happens and there's more information or a problem over here that you didn't know about but now you figure out how to attack that problem so it's a fluid situation constantly that's why i don't understand why we're deciding a few days after they come out with the schedule oh we can't do it anymore what happened in those four, five, six days, whatever it is, two weeks for some, what happened so dramatically that you must come to this conclusion right now? We have to stop this right now. Our very lives depend on it. I don't understand that because why not proceed? And if in two weeks something does happen and it must be, so be it. You know, like with baseball, if it comes to pass that they have to stop well was it a wrong decision to start i don't think it was but you may have some other information down the road that leads you to think we've got to stop now this is just too much we can't control it okay you gave it a shot just like the bubble with the various sports men and women pga well remember pga was a big deal in the beginning a couple of guys tested positive now you don't hear jack about it mls had a couple teams that couldn't go oh my gosh this is a hot mess i've seen it i've seen it from national media it just seems so negative about it makes me wonder do they really have this negative towards it or do they have a political agenda that they're driving and what's behind this do they hate this guy over here that much that they're willing to just proceed and promote this, oh, this is such a hot mess. We've got to stop this and this and this. I'm so skeptical of everything. I don't believe anything anybody tells me now at face value in the media. I just don't because it seems like there's agendas and what really are the agendas. Steve Tate got in a big thing on social media with somebody about starting school. 
Yeah. He's talked about he how did. his children and, and whatnot. Yeah. And you listened, and you, you, I read it back and forth, and, and then finally Steve says, oh, I see. This is politically motivated. I see where you're going with this. Just tell me in the beginning so I don't have to try to figure out. That's because I hate being lied to. I'd rather know you have an agenda and you want this person in, you want that person out. I can deal with that, but don't try to camouflage it in another way. And it makes me wonder, where are we going? What is the goal here? And I, and I don't understand it. I have a simple mind. I don't intend to be, I don't pretend to be intelligent. I mean, my, my mind, I've stunned, believe me. I've stunned most people who know me that I've gotten this far because most of the people who know me told me I was never going to I was never going to get this far. So well, uh, I understand all that. To back it up to your point about uh, baseball, I think that they've gotten enough games in with no incidents that it was worth it. Now, certainly there are two franchises that have major problems, uh, but you look at the others. There, I mean, there are so many who aren't having a problem. And the the problems that the Astros and the A's have are just, you know, typical baseball problems. It's weird how normal things can be even when things aren't normal at all. Um, But, you know, for the Cardinals and Marlins, it's been a huge problem. But for the rest of baseball, it hasn't been a problem unless they've had to cancel their series with the Cardinals and the Marlins, you know. So it was worth it. You know, and but again, I think the thing we have is, you know, from the very beginning and you're right, because Dr. Petron did said, hey, he did say, you know, what we know now and we this thing's brand new. So we might know something different next month. Um, But one thing we were told from the beginning was that the summer would be easier because we'll be outdoors and outdoors is safer than indoors. And it seems like across the board that just keeps getting reinforced. Outdoors is safer than indoors. So, you know, let's hold on to that. I guess the reason I asked you, though, about doing everything is because on the one hand, you got, well, they did everything they could. They know if they shut down football, some of them are going to cut sports and some of them are going to lay people off and they don't want to do it. So they did everything they could. But the other argument is it's CYA, it's money, it's save my job, and don't get criticized by uh, the national media that already loathes the NCAA, and I'm going to get the full weight of that. Well, that's not doing everything you can. How so? Well, because that's just playing it safe. Oh. And if it's your job, <laughs> I get what you want to play it safe. I don't really blame you for that. Who really wants to go out there and roll the dice? Can, you know, everybody else tells you, roll the dice. Yeah, you could be risking your job, but roll your dice. Well, yeah, they're, they're not the ones who are going to get fired. You're the one who's going to get called out by the regents or the governor or whoever, whoever fires school presidents. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. If, 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 it, if it came to that, if it was just a disaster and, yeah. and kids died and whatnot and all that stuff. And I don't think it's just that. You know, are the kids going to take it to the, you know, back to their families? I've heard that. That is something to worry about. You know, and it's not just that. It's like are some of the older, higher-profile coaches, if a couple of them die, that's horrible. You know, and I mean, well, we they know. they can opt out. Yeah, they can. And they're getting paid. So that's just like the NFL. And the kids that, aren't. That's, and the kids that's aren't. Their, their, their choice. To, to go. So that's where the NCA right? the NCA has already used up all their mulligans. They've pushed the boundaries as far as they can. Kids you can have a you can have a scholarship and some stipend money, but over here we got multimillionaires. And so they are out of wiggle room and now they're up against it. So if we gave them money, all oh, the hell with it then come play. 
If they were all... So it's all about money. Well, I mean, the NFL, they're getting paid, and they had a chance to opt out and get paid. Now, it'd be less, but opting out with health conditions and getting paid 350 and opting out with no health conditions and still getting paid 150 I don't think anybody's complaining about that. Well, 3% opted out. Yeah, right. But I don't... I don't hear. Uh, I don't hear any of the, the. There's plenty of skeptical national media out there that loves to bash the NFL. Michael Michael Wilbon loves to bash the NFL. I, I I haven't watched his show every day, so maybe he has, but I don't. I don't think he has. I haven't heard any chorus of people bashing the NFL. It's kind of like, well, that's a pretty good plan for the NFL. Now I don't know if they can pull off the football or not, but that was a pretty good plan the way they opted guys out and paid them. And there's, okay. pl- there's plenty of people who light up the NFL. So, yeah, college football, a lot of this is about money. So if we paid them, then there would be no problem. Well, a high school... That doesn't make any sense to me. It's not sc- about safety then. What Steve, what Steve Tate got into, um, and I think it was with a TV anchor, actually, uh, originally, but then it blossomed. Uh, yeah, Yach's nodding, I'm right. Um, TV anchor who? Um, Dave McCann over at KSL. Yeah, it was Dave McCann at KSL. I missed that. Apparently, he said something about why are we Nevada and Colorado aren't starting. I don't know the surrounding states aren't playing high school football. Why is Utah starting? Right. Theirs? And if you go on the um, and now I'm going to get the wrong website. There's two or three competitors, and Yak will correct me. But one of them, I just won't say it, so you can fill in the blank. But one of them has a list of all the states. And I think it's like 36 to 37 states are going, and the others fall into like three or four categories. Not going until spring, haven't decided whether to go or not, have decided that they aren't starting right now, but haven't said when they will start. You know, they might start in October 1st, maybe. Um, and so there was a whole debate about that. And Steve, because of his personal experience, was really dialed into the, the mental health aspect that we were talking earlier about the kids who, not, who don't play. And they're, they're not just disappointed. It goes, it goes beyond that and it goes deeper than that and has a bigger impact than that. It's not just disappointment. You know, it, it, it has a bigger impact on an 11-year-old kid. Um, and so there was a big back and forth about that. So you missed the part about McCann, huh? Yes, uh, totally. Yeah, you can go back and find it. Just but I think other people weighed into it. Wasn't just those it, two. It, it ballooned out from there. Yeah. But it started between a conversation between the two of them, and then it's become a bigger. I'm not on social media as much as you two are. Yeah, you can go find it. All right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 the zone. Steve Cleveland's here in about 15 minutes. Stay with us. been a long four months. Welcome. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. As the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando, your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. And now, your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Top tracer, powered by Top Golf. It looks like a wow. It's brilliant, Nick. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Wow. Wow. 
Well, for not having a gallery, that was a lot of people whooping it up right there. Colin Morikawa wins the PGA Championship. That's a Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 4.50 on the big show, and you can win fabulous prizes. I assume the whale was the driving of the short par four. Yeah, that was the drive, and then the putt was the second part of that. Okay, there it is. Eagle putt. All right, it's all about the 16th hole. Know it, and you win fabulous prizes. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. You know, PK, one thing that I find a mystery in all of this with college football is that uh, why push it off all the way to the spring? Why can't, if you think you can't play now, why isn't it a floating thing where you're delaying it, whether it's a week at a time, two weeks at a time, three weeks at a time, whatever, and you just keep pushing it back? You've been kicking the can down the road that way. I can't see how anybody can possibly know for sure what November, December, and January are going to bring. Why, why give those months away right now? That doesn't make any sense to me. If you think you can't That's go now saying. and you want to push it back three weeks or four weeks and say, hey, we'll check back in four weeks. Because the one thing I've heard, and I, I don't think it'll happen because we're too far into this for people to change their behavior now. But the one thing I've constantly heard and read is that if everyone masked up and everyone social distanced and everyone washed their hands and if everybody skipped on the high risk behavior that in four weeks, the numbers would improve, whether it was positive tests, hospitalizations, mortality. All this stuff would improve in four weeks. It'd improve a lot in six. And in eight weeks, the numbers would be great. You know, so we're not there now. There's nothing that suggests that a bunch of people are going to sign on and do that, right? But that it's there if we chose as a society to do it, that in four, six, eight weeks, we'd be in a really different place. And we can bring Dr. Petron on again. Maybe later this week we should. And, uh, you know, run all this stuff by him because he knows way more about medicine than you and I put together. But I've read that multiple times that we're four, six, eight weeks away from really changing things if we want. So collectively, do we want? Now, we can keep arguing and saying I've got the freedom to and you can't make me which is true and you know you can pass whatever rule you want but people are still going to do stuff and how much do we want to enforce stuff on 330 million people you know I mean the speed limits the speed limit's 65 but there's all sorts of people doing 71 miles an hour on the it's freeway 70 now okay well where it's posted 65 some places but where it's posted 70 there's people doing 76 miles an hour so we don't enforce every rule we throw out there we just don't and so it's looming out there. If we want to change it, we can. But apparently, we're not going to. Lead the way, DJ. I already am. <laughs> I messed right up. up your I didn't like it at first, and now I don't notice it that much. I really didn't like it at first. But you have to mask up. You know, it's uh, the people who own the building Channel 2 is in and the people who own the station, and the station rents in the building, they both have the, the mask up rule. So I got to do it. Mask up unless you're going on the air. You get to take your mask off right before you walk to the set. And then you walk right back to your desk and you put it on. You know, it's uh, there's, you know, for the people who are just frustrated by the, the liability concerns and the 0.000 whatever three chance that something will happen. You know, Sinclair, Sinclair is on Team Trump, okay? That, that's pretty clear. But they're liability-averse. They've got this email that goes out every day, and we got to click on it, and then we got to answer 10 questions and send this form in before we can go to work, you know, every day. Now, how big is the risk? We did have a positive test at Channel 2 a couple weeks ago, and a bunch of people got sent home. 
including a bunch of people you know, PK, and they didn't come to work for a week, you know? So that whole risk-averse thing, I mean, it's not just college football. It seems like this is how big businesses and big corporations act. I get my, I get my temperature taken every time I walk into the arena, go to radio, and every time I walk into the TV station, it's right there at the door. Lean over, put your forehead on it. They're slightly different, but it's the same thing. You know, people are really risk-averse when you put them when you put a lot of money in the table in a big corporation, right? So, I don't see that changing anytime soon. All right, DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five at twelve eight of the zone. Steve Cleveland's coming up next. Stay with us.